Welcome to I Like the Way You Work It, a podcast from your friends at Dateline Digital Printing. At Dateline, we care a lot about taking unusually good care of people and helping them do their very best work. This podcast is a gift to the remarkable people we have the honor of serving. And now, I Like the Way You Work It, with your host, Jeff Welch. What is up? This is Jeff Welch, and welcome to another episode of I Like the Way You Work It. Today, I am sharing a conversation with my friend Tyler Williams, who owns Mammoth Marketing. And we talk about his transition from being an employee in the business that he owns to becoming the owner. We talk about his relationship with delegation, uh, building a business where the the people who work there enjoy coming to work and where it's not a, a drudgery to be there. We talk about his perception of what good ads and bad ads are. And he is officially the first person to sign my little podcasting table here in my office. So uh, that's going to be a new tradition. And so he got to be be the first to sign it. And uh, I, I just had a great time with Tyler. He is uh, he is good people. And I think that you're going to hear a lot of overlap between uh, what good advertising looks like and what good work looks like. So I, I hope you see that in there. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. So you worked as an employee in the business you own before it was the business you own when it was called another name than it's called right now. Is yes. that accurate? Um, yeah. I started there. I'm trying to... You got to diagram that sentence. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually a sentence. We got but, a marker board. Can you just yeah. draw it for the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I started... It was called Numeth Advertising. Mm-hmm. And it was print, radio, TV, broadcast, traditional advertising. Yeah. Um, and I started there in 2008 uh, or 2007, actually, I think. Somewhere around there. It's all a blur. <laughs> and um, so I worked there. I got hired on as a video producer. Then that ended up sort of migrating into creative director. Mm-hmm. And then that uh, set me up to buy the place about 10 years later or nine years later. Yeah. Uh, seven years later, eight years later, somewhere in there. I'm like, how <laughs> long have I owned the place now? I've owned it three years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I started out as a video producer. The, the duties changed, and I learned more of the ad world as I was going through my years there. And in 2000, what is today? In about 2015, mm-hmm. I bought it. And a year before that, really 2014, the owner said, I want to retire. And I said, I don't, I just had twins. <laughs> so let's not, let's not retire the business. Uh, and he was like, well, good. Cause I hired you thinking you would buy it. And I said, okay, good. Cause I'm thinking I'm going to buy it now. Um, <laughs> that works out neatly. Yeah. And so it, it ended up working out and it's been a wild, uh, fun three years of change and shift, but it's been a blast. How, how is that transition? Cause you go from being, creative director you go from being a creative person where your job is to make things to being on the executive side where maybe you still get to do that but you probably have a lot of other jobs too so i lucked out mm-hmm. because steve the previous owner had a good crew uh, mm-hmm. like established like yeah. we were pretty much a well-oiled machine by the time that i took over and that well-oiled machine stood um without much changes for about a year yeah 
And so it really made my transition a whole lot easier um, as I learned the facets of the business that's, that now suddenly I was responsible for. Yeah. And I was able to gradually give up more and more of the creative side or uh, the video side. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of those um, nuts and bolts that I was doing in order to transition over to the bigger picture. And, um, and the staff, I think a lot of it, it was the easiest transition it could have been because the staff was so good at doing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until we had a little bit of turnover that it was like, oh, okay, I gotta, I, I'm gonna have to shift some duties here yeah. in order to make sure that things are still covered. So it was a, yeah, it was really well done as far as transitioning a business from one person to the next, I think. And you, you rebranded it, you're a marketing company, so that makes sense, right? I had to. Yeah. No one knows how to spell Numeth. Yeah, that is a little challenging. They were all calling it like Nymuth or <laughs> Narmuth. It sounded more like a the fancy liquor than an advertising oh, yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, uh, okay, I have the opportunity to rename it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had this big list of names. And I just kept coming back to Mammoth, largely, I think, because of alliteration. Mm -hmm. It was just Mammoth marketing. Yeah. Nothing fit as good. So eventually I went... And there's two more. One's in Oregon, and they're just doing outdoor videos, and one's in Hollywood or New York doing Hollywood promotion stuff. So, yeah, I'll just do it up here. <laughs> so yeah. Google will sort it out. <laughs> so how? What, what has surprised you about the going from being a worker bee to being in charge of all the things? Has anything unexpected happened? I think there's always surprises. I mean you're definitely more in tune at a grander scale mm -hmm. than you are beforehand. Sure. So my, my focus used to be on how can I make this project the most amazing project ever? And it changed into how can I make this agency the, the best agency mm -hmm. that we can facilitate and, and make sure that the clients feel that while still creating, yeah. while still giving the staff the room to handle making the projects the best ever. Yeah. So um, I'd say the surprises came in, for me, a lot of surprises came in, oh, I can delegate. <laughs> what a what a fancy concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and um, so that was, that was something I had to learn. Mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily good at it first. Yeah. And it just took time and trust. Um, mm -hmm, and sure. luckily I got good people. I try and hire good people too. Mm -hmm. And they are eager to earn my trust. And so they, they do a good job. Yeah. Um, but uh, so delegation was one of the biggest things that I had to learn. Um, the other side of it was just, oh, okay, my time is spoken for from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. roughly mm -hmm. every day. I'm on call for whatever happens. Yeah. And my days went from, all right, I'm going to, today is a day of shutting myself in my room mm -hmm. and calming down and like, you know, just going over footage or, yeah. or creating something into, okay, here's, here's a small fire. All right, cool. We got that one put out. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, here's another one. All right. It's like whack-a-mole. Yeah. And, and you'll hear a lot of business owners say that. Well, it turns out it's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they say that. Yeah. So um, learning how to sort of juggle all those coming at me at once um, was a time management sort of uh, shift that I sure. had to make. How, how's having employees? I mean, that's kind of a shift, right? Being responsible for other people. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I think the weirdest thing about going from 
from employee to owner myself is the fact that suddenly my coworkers became my employees, mm-hmm. right? And it's been a, a little bit long enough now that it's less of a weird spot to be, but I mean, that's part of the transition is, yeah. is me learning my role as the owner um, and then my employees having to learn my role as an owner as well, <laughs> sort of. And so it, it, but it did shift some conversations around where it's like, oh, instead of them uh, talking to somebody else about what we're going to do, well, we got to talk to Tyler about what we're mm-hmm. going to do. And then if I see something, the biggest thing is if I see something we could be doing or should be doing or need to investigate, because uh, marketing moves so fast, yeah. um, that it's it's me jumping in, jumping into the room and going, hey, guys, let's, let's do a thing. <laughs> you want to do a thing? This might be a stupid thing, but let's do a thing. Yeah. And they're just... Maybe my enthusiasm was a little was a little much at first mm-hmm. <laughs> for all mm-hmm. the things I was all like. All the possibilities. Finally, we yeah. can do everything because yeah. I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah. so, but overall, having employees, mm-hmm. it's a caring game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, these are people who I like. These are people who I trust. And some of these people I've been working with. Well, the longest employee now. It's like eight years. Yeah. That he and I have been working together. Mm-hmm. And. And so I want to make sure that I still facilitate as good of a place to work yeah. for him as he had before, if not better. Yeah. Um, and I care deeply about making sure that these people enjoy the place that they're working. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, no one wants to go to a job they don't like, mm-hmm. right? And I want people to love working in marketing, a place that is fascinating and constantly shifting and evolving yeah. and... Um, there's a there's an inherent joy into that if you can tap into it, and so that's what I try and bring out for all the employees. You talked about having a uh, your days being spoken for. How do you how do you keep it all straight? Are, are you using some some tools? Like you seem like a pretty tech savvy dude. Uh. Are you? <laughs> How how do you manage your world in terms of keeping yourself where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be all that good stuff? So, I I love my phone. Mm. like like anybody but um like there's there's layers to it so for for my day-to-day knowing what i need to do that day there's two things two lists that i abide by one is a wonder list Mm -hmm. which is a piece software wonderlist.com w-e-w-u-n-d-e-r list and um that is where i put the quick tasks Mm -hmm. all the things that are just like oh i gotta do this real quick oh i gotta do that real quick yeah Anything um, appointment-based goes on my calendar, and I've started to block off times where I work on that wonder list Mm -hmm. um, as, okay, this is Tyler's time. Um, And then there's our projects, which is our project management system. Mm -hmm. So we use a piece of software called Teamwork for that. And it's not perfect, but no project management system is you know, not yet. Yeah. It doesn't seem that way. No. Every, like everyone has different needs and yeah. different workflows. And eventually you just kind of got to dive into one, but, um, that was the best one we found. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where software comes in for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking at how do we utilize software in a way that adds efficiency to our process. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sometimes I have broken the process in trying to figure that out sure. or, or try something new. And I go, oh, guys, isn't this wonderful? And then they all go, nope, this was a terrible so idea. Worse. Why are you doing it? <laughs> and so 
I end up having to backtrack what I thought was a beautiful solution to a apparently not a problem. Yeah. You've invented a problem to solve. Yeah. <laughs> but um but I I do end up using software. I explore software. Mm-hmm. Part of it's because yeah. my natural tendency to just be like, I like this. Um but uh you do need to kind of go, okay, but is my enthusiasm for a piece of software hindering somebody else? Yeah. So it's a balance. Do you feel like you feel like there are gaps? Do you, are you, are you still looking for for ways to to perfect the system, or is it is it working for you? The system works. I think there are gaps, and depending <laughs> on who you ask in the team, okay, yeah, well, well, both of those are true. Yeah, <laughs> the system works. There are gaps. Um, depending on who you ask on the team, there are gaps in different places. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's difficult for me to just like find a dashboard and look and see a what each client has going on at any given time. Mm-hmm and B, what each staff member has going on at any given time. I love at-a-glance stuff. Yeah. And sadly, it's cumbersome to do that in teamwork. Um, and so I have to use other methods, and sometimes I pop together a Google Calendar or yeah. things like that just for, for specific things. Yeah. But, and so, but, but some of the staff is like, teamwork's amazing. We love it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to switch to anything else. I'm yeah. like, but what if there's a better thing on the horizon? <laughs> so yeah. that's when they start going. Well, and, and some of those are... are the the solution is good enough what you're using now is good enough to get you where you need to go and you don't want to implement something better unless it's really better where everyone now is going to have to adopt a new process and do a new thing mm-hmm. like you don't want it to be a one percent improvement you really want to see some major improvement right yeah i i want uh, it, it should move us ahead by at least a couple steps yeah. right yeah. if it just saves one step one thing i've really had to go is okay does my solution create more problems than it mm-hmm. solves? Mm-hmm. And if it does, okay, I just need to be humble about it and go, well, that was a bad, well, I, I explored and it's done. I learned something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I learned that that will not work. Yeah. So uh, you guys at Mammoth, you, you around Super Bowl time, I guess this year, Super Bowl's in January, I think. I'm a baseball it, guy. Clearly I'm not. <laughs> uh, but you guys deconstructed some ads and you oh. kind of looked at you know how uh, what made a good ad and what who the winners and losers were, and we don't have to talk about those ads in specific. Oh, I don't even remember but those. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I've got to imagine you watch TV or whatever. I, I'm I'm thinking that you still see commercials in some part of your life because it's part of your job. Uh, you're probably yep. uh, I don't know if you're watching regular TV if you're watching Hulu or what, but. Um, when you're watching commercials, I would imagine you see them differently than the average person sees them. Um, by see them differently, you mean they are my entertainment? <laughs> They're the best parts. Uh, yeah, that's the, I mean, for years now I've been going like, Ooh, I can't wait for the ads. Mm. Um, and I do, I, I, I do seek them out and I do look at them with a more critical eye than I think your average person. Yeah. Um, but I also have to realize that even that behavior can play into my biases and fight against it. Sure. So, well, in your opinion, your professional opinion, your expert opinion, what, what are some of the the hallmarks of a good ad and a bad ad? For me, the worst ad is the one that invites no attention. Okay. Right. So the, you could have the worst designed ad or the best designed ad. But Mm -hmm. if it garners no pause or no hesitation in your viewer, Mm -hmm. there's no reason for it. That's the worst. Yeah. And you really have to 
think about how you're speaking to the person in order to manufacture that hesitation. Mm -hmm. So because advertising for the most part, you know, there's different places to advertise with different sort of uh, objectives, but with like, like Facebook or um, uh, TV radio, what you were doing is you were interrupting their day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were like, Hey, I'm a bother. I'd like to be a bother for about 30 seconds, please. Or even less if you're on Facebook or YouTube. And I am then going to let you go. Please remember me when you need me. Yeah. Right. And so if you, well, with Facebook, it's what I call flick time, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're, you're (laughs) scrolling through. Yeah. And, um, so a lot of times people just scroll past the post. Mm -hmm. They just go, Oh no, that's an ad, whatever. I'm going back down to aunt Sally. Right. And so it becomes a, a game of, well, how do we, how do we get them to stop even for just a half second? Mm-hmm. Because that's the impression that we want. So the, I think almost all the time you have to be a little bit surprising. So how sure. do you be surprising? Um, one, you, you, you have a little bit of an edge because you're an ad and they're, they're looking to scroll past you. So that, well, as soon as they start seeing it, they go, Oh, this is an ad. Okay, cool. They've identified that. Mm-hmm. But next you need to go, Hey, now, what are we going to show you that's worth just pausing for? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's easy when it's like, yeah, we're, we're running 90% off tires, which no one runs 90% off tires, but it would get your attention, right? <laughs> it would. So, it would. Um, but I think often the thing that's not utilized enough is the unexpected mm-hmm. and creative. Uh, if you really want to get people's attention, you have to you really have to do something courageous because the more courageous you are, the, the more nervous it makes you yeah. as an advertiser, the better chance you have of somebody stopping and going, sure. what is that? <laughs> so. I, I would, uh, this is a guess. I'm not in your industry, but, but I would guess that when you say that to someone, when you're talking and you're pitching an idea to a client, um, we, we have to do something expected. This is how we're going to get attention. I would imagine everyone in the room would nod and then say, Yes, but let's do something boring. <laughs> like, because I, I, I know that internally. Like, my, my rational mind knows, yeah, absolutely. You oh, need to catch people off guard. But then there's this, like, protective side. Yeah. It's like, but I don't want to do something that's going to make I, me weird. I do it for me. Sure. I mean, I go, oh, there's all these things I could or should be doing. Who? but what's mom going to think of yeah. it? You know, yeah. and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you, I mean, I've been in the meeting where I where we're all talking about, yeah, how do we freshen things up? And I go, oh, well, what if we do this thing? I know, like, half the time, if you see me raise my hand, I got a stupid idea. (laughs) And and so then I blurt out my stupid idea, and they go, wow, that was stupid. (laughs) Like, yes, but you have to be courageous to take the stupid idea. Mm -hmm. And and of course, there are boundaries, and different industries talk a different way and all that. And I'm not necessarily saying, oh, yes, just be dumb all the time. But um, because if you're a doctor, that's a bad idea. (laughs) So, but even a doctor, one thing that people don't do enough for like doctors is the doctor doesn't talk enough about himself Mm -hmm. or or about why he cares about his patients. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to see that more and more. But for the longest time, that was not the thing. It was, I am a doctor. And I'm certified and I've been through a lot of education. Mm -hmm. And what I think people want to know is, hey, I'm your doctor. I'm going to take care of you. And 
really that's all you need to do in order to really start standing out from the noise a little yeah, so that there the the unexpected or the you know that, that sort of unusual is really relative to the industry like it doesn't mean everything has to be zany oh yeah it just means it has to like no the zany is just the funnest you can see <laughs> you can see a, a handful of ads and without ever seeing a logo or anything that any of the any of the of the words uh you can say that's an insurance ad Okay, mm-hmm. that's a banking ad. Like they all have their own kind of feel and look in some cases, yeah. and just breaking that a little bit, yeah, makes you stand out. You break the mold, and a good example of that is Geico, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, yes. I mean, it's it's car insurance, it's insurance in general, yeah. and every time you see their ads, you don't necessarily know what they are at the start, but by the end, they've just tagged their logo and yeah. their slogan onto a funny premise. And I, I think that most uh, smart ad people would be like, you need to have a consistent, like, your mascot needs to be this. And Geico has like 142 different mm-hmm. mascots. I, so I, they're like, yeah. they're breaking all the rules in every way. And that, but, uh, you know, they were breaking all the rules 10 years ago. Yeah. Now they're part of the rules, yep. right? Even what I'm saying now of like, oh, you got to be unexpected. Well, if you're unexpected all the time, 100% of the time, you're, um, you have no consistency. Yep. Is there value to that? Depends on your industry. Mm-hmm. Like it all, one, one thing I love about marketing and the fact that it's a creative industry is there's no real right answer 100% mm-hmm. of the time. Yep. Uh, and you just have lots of schools of thought. And really, you need to experiment. Mm-hmm. And experiment and track and go, wow, did that, did that do what we wanted it to do? Yeah. And then you start leaning into the things that you find are performing well for you. Yeah. And I think that being more courageous in advertising is, is where that gets trumped. People tend to go like, no, this is our box and we mm-hmm. like our box and we're going to stick in our box. This sounds like we could be talking about just the way that a lot of people go through life as well. Oh, right? yeah. It's not just advertising. You know, we, we, we fall into these same kind of uh, paradigms. It's human And behavior. we do things the way we want to do them, the things that make us feel comfortable. And sometimes we're not really paying attention to, well, what do the results say mm-hmm. about how effective that's, that is? Well, and there's a level of, like, marketing and advertising in general is a study of human behavior. Yeah. Like, you, you're, at any point that I'm putting a message in front of somebody, I'm hoping that they take a behavioral shift. Mm-hmm. And how do, you, how do you jostle people out of the mundane and the predictable in order for them to go, oh, okay, I got that message. Yeah. And then you give them that message five, seven times and they start going, oh yeah, I'll go to that place first just because I remember them. Yeah. Well, it, so it seems to me that uh, when you started at Numeth, uh, I it. think you, I said it right. You did it right. <laughs> um, that it was a little different landscape than it is now when it comes to what options there are to share your message. You uh, talked about yeah. print, radio, TV. Mm-hmm. Those are fairly predictable. Like you do a print ad and you know what it's going to look like and how it's going to run. Like that's all set. Mm-hmm. Radio TV, you probably are selecting here's when it's going to run, on which stations it's going to run, like in a ballpark. So you have some idea. I would think that social media gives you more control and so much less control <laughs> at the same time, right? Uh, yeah. Social media... And and part of the challenge of social is it's always evolving, right? Mm-hmm. What was true six months yeah. to a year ago isn't true today. Um, but yes, basically, I took over and I was like, "Sweet, we're a traditional a- media agency, but we need to make the shift into digital." Mm-hmm. And I saw the you know the writing on the wall, the coming down the pipe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, "All right, 
clients are going to be asking for this. So let's, let's crack open the door on a few things. And I did. And then the clients like came to the door and ripped it off the hinges. <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, hit a nerve. This is good, but we need to adapt to it fast. Yeah, quickly. And um, Emily, your first guest, was uh-huh. actually the person who was instrumental in uh, helping get us set up for that. Um, but uh, the, yeah, the landscape has changed. And the, one of the biggest ways that the landscape has changed is that it's always unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and the audience has the ability to give feedback sure and that's powerful to the audience and it can be powerful to the business mm-hmm. you have business two types of business owners that either the ones who are like okay cool let's do this let's have some conversations or you've got the kind who are like uh somebody else needs to handle that yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and so um but i i think if you if you just grasp it because it's coming you know yeah. it, it like if you are advertising on the internet, you open yourself up to, or on social media, mm-hmm. public platforms, you open yourself up to feedback and you need to be prepared to, to engage with that. Yeah. Good feedback and bad feedback. Sure. The best results are it really all it is, is suddenly your business has this intense opportunity to have a conversation with people. Yeah instead of just selling them something. Yeah. So you're able to integrate yourself into their life in a way that they've, like businesses yeah. hadn't Couldn't happened before. Yeah. 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 But, um, so that's where you get brands like Wendy's suddenly getting Killing all snarky it. on Twitter and, and people love it. Yes. And then they, they got a banter. They go back and forth. They build a rapport. And it's the, the same thing. If you had somebody in front of you, you'd talk to them about their life. Yeah. Do the same thing online. Major League Baseball is very similar. Uh, they're not quite as snarky as Wendy's, <laughs> but they are ever-present. Yeah. All the time, like whenever I see something on Instagram, the first thing I see in the comments below is, uh, I bet you won't respond to this, which is invariably has a response attached to it from from the, the account. <laughs> so they, they have that account uh, covered 24 hours a day with people who are pretty smart at at having snappy comebacks I, and stuff like that. Like so. I can't imagine the 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 lawyer in the office who's just like, okay, oh man, I hope no one says you something. Yeah. <laughs> like just quaking yeah. in his boots. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Uh, which part of your work do you wish you had more time for? If I give you an extra hour a day, what part of your job would you spend it on? Fostering creativity in my own marketing as an example of what can be done. Okay. That would probably be the biggest thing. Um, you know, I, I grew up with creativity being a huge influence on, on how I made my mark in the advertising world. Mm -hmm. Really. Um, people kept coming to me because I would go, Hey, yeah, what if we just add this little twist to your message? And then they go, ah, okay, that's different. That's fun. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I would love to do more of that with my own stuff. Sure. But with all the changes of advertising and the, the, the fast paced nature of the advertising business, it's hard for me to find the time to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have enlisted the staff to help me at times to get some of that done. Um, but I, uh, I really, I, I wish that we were doing more of it mm-hmm. more faster at a, at a better clip. Um, and, to show people how fast and furious marketing can move for you mm-hmm. and how you can get traction by constantly giving people something to talk about. 
Here, here's I'm just gonna throw this out here. Here's your new slogan: Our marketing sucks, so yours won't have to. <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. But, but I mean, <laughs> but honestly, that's that's the way I treat my agency. Is I start running experiments for yeah. us in order to get an idea. We had a we had a client who wanted to start sending sales letters. It was for B two B. So he was he's a business. He wants wants to sell to other businesses, and he was like, okay, well, I want to want to reach these people because they refer to us. And, uh, and I'd like to get more referrals. I'd like a bigger referral base. I was like, okay, well, what you probably need to do is find out who makes the decision and start getting in front of them and start getting in, get in front of them in an interesting manner, mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't feel salesy. You need to open up a conversation, develop relationships with these people. Mm-hmm. It's a long game, but it's the best shot you have. Sure. Sure. You can send them ads, but they're just going to freeze on by it. They get those all the time. Yeah. So I, I told them, send, send a letter to each one. Just you saying, hey, I really respect what you've built. I respect what you've done. Um, here's, you know, what, we have some cross-section in our, our clientele. Um, and here's a, and I did say, include a rack card of like a service or something. It explains things. Well, I wasn't sure if he would take it. So I sent him one from us. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a letter. I, I added a handwritten note. I grabbed a rack card and spit it out in the mail and um, put a fake pen name that was... It, when translated, it was like, I can't hardly read or something <laughs> like that um, and threw it in the mail. And a week later, he goes, hmm, well, I almost threw it out. And I was like, okay, well, tell me why you almost threw yeah. it out. And he's like, it had no letterhead. And I was like, okay, well, lesson learned. We'll do a letterhead when yeah. you do it, yours. So um, it's, uh, you know, I like to use our agency and my own marketing in order to experiment so that way I have a better grasp of what the market reacts to. Yeah. So it's fun. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have <sighs> a mentor? Seems like a stupid word, but do you have the people around you that you trust? When when you're an employee, you you've always got someone telling you what to do, right? You've got somebody above you who has some direction for you, and you rise to the ranks, and eventually you get to the point where you have fewer people giving you really solid guidance. Maybe they boss you around once in a while. When you're in your role, you really don't have anyone bossing you around except for all your customers. So that's important. But but how do you stay sharp? How do you ensure you're on the right track? I'm sure there are moments when you're like, this direction or that direction? Mm-hmm. How do we allocate resources? Do you have people around you that you leverage to bounce ideas off of? Are you doing that with employees? How does that look for you? Oh, so where I usually bounce ideas is other business owners. Mm-hmm. And um, through even through just owning the business and being more involved in the community aspect of Fairbanks, sure. I've been able to meet more and then develop a relationship where I go, hey, can I ask your advice? Yeah. Because they, they may not know the exact particulars of, okay, the advertising or marketing industry, but they at least have kind of a gut check mm-hmm. of, okay, am I blinding myself? That's my biggest fear. Am I yeah. blinding myself in making this decision? And so... Yeah, there's like a core group of people where I will call them up. You're one of them. <laughs> where I will call them up and be like, hey, um, I'm thinking about this a lot and I don't know what's right. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to know what if you see anything that mm-hmm. I'm not seeing. And, and, and that perspective, I think, is really important. The other thing is when it comes down to the more tactical, like industry-specific yeah. things, I do have some Facebook groups and mm-hmm. um, and some forums and things like that that I lean on for, hey, we're trying to do this very hyper-specific thing. 
can you guys give me the tactics around it or things like that? And that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize is available is mm-hmm. just be, be a part of the greater conversation around your industry in the internet. Yeah. Um, some people will just, just go, Oh, okay. No, I've got to talk to the other carpet store in town or I've got to talk to the other hardware guy. Um, and it's like, no, you should really seek out where the pockets of communities are around the world. And, see what they're doing and ask for their help because a lot of people love it. They love to help and they love to talk. Sure. So, um, yeah. And then my brother, cause he's got his own little, little side business, yeah. little business. Yeah, and so he's, I, he's doing it. Sure. I, I often will call him and go, Hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, I think it's good to have that. I, I worry sometimes that, um, there you you have to humble yourself a little bit to ask for help right and to to say i may not have every single answer Mm -hmm. and so um i love when people are willing to do that first off it makes whoever you ask feel really smart so it's like a gift to somebody else right you call me and i'm like wow to to everyone i've ever asked you're welcome (laughs) Um, but uh I, i think that that is something that really um is incredibly valuable for people, whether they own their own business or not. I mean, there are a thousand different reasons why someone in a regular corporate job would need counsel from someone else to make sure they're making a good decision and that they're moving forward in the right ways. And so the ability to look around you and have developed trusting relationships with people that you can say, I got a difficult question. Can I, can we sit down for coffee sometime and talk about this? Mm -hmm. I think that's hyper valuable. Yeah. I think that, I mean, they always say networking is really important. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's just building relationships and friendships (laughs) with people. And, and I do think it's really important because you live in a human world. You gotta, um, things are going to come at you and you're not going to have the answers and other people have likely been through something similar. Sure. Sure. That's really important. Hey, I, I appreciate you signing my table. You're welcome. I gave it the best signature I own. And uh, the only thing I regret is it's not like a hyper vibrant green gel pen. Sorry, I just had a black Sharpie. So how many signatures do you think you'll get on this thing? Probably a million. Okay, then you're going to put it on your wall? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to sell it. At least one of these will be famous. (laughs) (laughs) How do people get in touch with you? If they want to know more about how uh, how to market their business... Uh, so we have a website. Surprising, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, mammothalaska.com. And on there, there's a contact page with the form. That mm-hmm. form actually emails me directly. Boom. Um, and so then I, I take all those questions and uh, would be happy to respond to anybody if anybody has any marketing questions. They can also just call 9074568988. Um, cool. And there is an automated an automated call tree. I'm sorry to say, oh, but man. if you press one, you'll go straight to me. If you press zero, you'll at least get to a real life human. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here, Tyler. No problem. You're welcome. It was fun. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to The Spark, our weekly email for people who want to do their very best work. All the details are at datelinedigital.com forward slash spark.